Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse, heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Subscribe to the Captain's Run on Apple, Spotify, or where all good podcasts are downloaded. And give us a text, 0457 736 736. Ask us all your rugby league questions, including your grand final questions. And make sure you're following our brand new Twitter profile, at Captain's Run NRL. Uh, I think it's called X now as well. Our brand new X profile and follow at SEN League on Instagram and TikTok. Smitty, how you going, brother? Kempi, I'm good, mate. I'm excited. It's the last week. It's the grand final. Well, I'm a little bit sad as well because it's the last captain's run for the year. Breaks me heart. So I'm a bit down, but I'm up. <laughs> I'm up as well because it's the granny. It's the one game we're all been waiting for. Um, the players have been waiting for this. They're fired up. The scenes that we've seen already this week, early days with all the crowds turning up to both teams' training sessions. Looking forward to it, mate. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot. You know what, Smithy? Listen, listen, oh. uh, mate. How are you feeling? Oh, you know what? I'll tell you how I'm feeling, Smithy. Broncos, Broncos in. How are you feeling? I'll tell you what. I was always a bit unsure whether I was <laughs> afraid of love, Smithy. And stay with me here for a bit. Okay, okay. I could have, you know, I, I've been umming and as to whether I'll go to the game. And the reason why is, is that I'm scared of getting my heart broken. I'm scared of getting my heart broken. Is it really? better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all? That's my concern. I am worried, mm. but at the same time, I'm super, super excited. But as, as I said, like, it's one of those situations where you, you get so close and then you start worrying about, oh, my God, can you imagine if we just fall short at the last dance? Is that worse than, you know, bowing out week two? Mm. Um, obviously, it's much better to make a grand final. But th- I'm sure there's a lot of Broncos fans, the nervous fans going, oh, please, please yeah. just get it done. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I think there'll be a lot of people out there thinking that, that support the Broncos. But you know what? you you got to be there to win it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, and a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, I'd rather just get beaten in the prelim." And if if we knew we were going to get beaten in the grand final, we we just we we shouldn't have been there. Well, that's that's the beauty of it. You just you don't know. Mm. Who knows what's going to happen during that eighty minute period um, on Sunday night between the two sides? Like something dramatic might happen in the match. We don't know. We'll have to stay tuned. But I, I think it's very fitting, isn't it, that that the Broncos and Penrith are. are Featuring in this grand final, Penrith, of course, minor premiers. The Broncos finished second, so we've got the best. Well, the two best sides all year. The the two most consistent footy sides have reached the grand final, and I think that's 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 the most fitting part of of uh, this game on the weekend. And it's when you actually look at their finals run, it's actually surprising how close they are. You know, they finished on equal points for the season. Uh, and obviously they won by points differential. But when you look at their final series, I think it's actually – so Broncos beat Storm 26-0. Then it was, what, 38-12 or, or whatever, 38-6, whatever it was for the Penrith Panthers. Mm-hmm. And then they beat the Warriors 38-8 to eight or something along those lines. And then the Broncos beat the Warriors 48 to 40-12 uh, to 12 or whatever. So the scores are, like, really, really similar to showing you how close these teams are. And if you go back and look at – the start of the year, Broncos win 13-12, and then they play each other again without Reynolds in the Broncos side, but still play each other again 15-6. Mm. Yeah, so the Ledgers won all mm. going into this one. So this is the actual decider for the top two sides. It's it's Well, it is the decider, but it's, that, it's the decider of these two teams in the best of three. They won each at the moment. So this is incredible, incredible. And I know we'll get to some news about both teams later, but... 
already a little bit of, is there some mind games happening from Kevy or is it fair income about the Herbie Farmworth hamstring? Look, it's, look, they're Queenslanders. Let's remember the Brisbane are Queenslanders. And you know, do we like to throw a little bit of a scare in camp before certain things? Smithy, speak to me. Do we like to do a little scare here or there? Well, it's it's happened. It's it's happened every now and then, hasn't it? During these little build-ups to the big games, there's an illness, there's an injury scare, someone limps off the field. Will he be there? Oh, mate, he'll be there. Herbie will be there. Of course he'll be there. He'll be sweet. Surely they're not training him so hard. They're doing soft tissue injuries in the... On a Tuesday in the grand final. Oh, no way. Now, speaking of last week, mate. Mm. So, obviously, Broncos got the job done against the Warriors. Panthers looked clinical against the Storm. What did you take away from the prelims? Um, Yeah, well, I think it it just showed the gap between those two sides that are in the grand final compared to the rest of the competition, right? So, we we had a top four finish in the the final two games, um, you know, including the Warriors and the Storm. But they were beaten convincingly. And and two very different games of football, I believe. Like, So starting with the Melbourne Storm-Penrith game on Friday night, the Storm got away to a, quite a good start. So I actually thought they, they took a, a a quite a good game plan into that match where they started physical. You've seen the Melbourne Storm forward pack go after the Penrith um, forward pack and they had great line speed. Uh, as I said, they, they were very physical with their contact. Um, and then they chanced their arm, and they got the early try um, through Justin Olam when he went around Isaac Tungo. Now Isaac Tungo hasn't played first grade for several weeks, so he was a little bit he was a little bit dusty early. I thought he finished the game strongly, but um, they they got to him early. But after that play, and as we know, that's the only points they scored all night. But I thought they created opportunities. I thought they created a lot of opportunities. But the difference between the two football sides on the night and have been all year, is that when opportunities arose for Penrith, they converted those opportunities into points. Mm. Whereas Melbourne, you know, they, they, as I said, they took that quite you know, different sort of tactics into the game where they went sideline, sideline, sideline. You know, they were moving the Penrith defence around. They actually gave themselves opportunities to make metres and to make line breaks, but some of the, the passing and, and the catching, like simple... Very basic parts of our game, they just couldn't get right. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of passes were hitting the ground, passes were going behind players, and they just, they, they really, I wouldn't say they, they cost themselves the game. What they did, they cost themselves opportunities mm. or to convert opportunities. Whereas you look at Penrith, mate, they were, they were very, very clinical and they were very patient. They just, they did what they had to do. Every time an opportunity arose or, or Melbourne made a mistake, they pounced on it. Um, then you go to the Saturday game. I thought the Warriors were, were, were very brave. Mm. Um, again, like Melbourne, they started quite well. Um, it, it was, I felt this was the more even match of the two. Um, and, you know, unfortunately for Adam Pompey, he just didn't have his kicking boots on that night. So it was three tries to Warriors and four tries to the Broncos, but it was 24 to 12. Now, the thing about that, like, it was, that scoreline was, it stayed the same, Kempi, for 25 minutes of that match. Mm. So they were they were sort of end-to-end, um, you know, waiting for one team to crack. And then um, the quarterback, Reese Walsh, he decided to throw his pass a couple of, me- <laughs> couple of metres forward. <laughs> Oh, and, mate, and I thought, it's bad listen, angle. listen, listen, I'm not going to say that that cost 
the Warriors the game, but I think it really it broke their spirit a little bit. And that's mm. uh, from that moment, that's when the Broncos just kicked away. Mm. Yeah, look, the, the thing is, is that I, I agree with you. I, I do think that the Broncos still probably would have won, but it's just, it's robbing the fans of a clean victory or loss. Mm. I think a lot of Warriors fans would definitely be okay. All right, look, we got beaten by the better team. There's no dramas in that. I, it's just that what if moment, you know, what if the momentum swung? What if... That was a knock-on, and we go down and score a six-point try. All of a sudden, it's 24 to 18. The game is absolutely back on, yep. and it changes everything. Whereas, you know, you could make the argument that that almost broke the Warriors' spirit a little bit. They tried mm. so hard to get back into the game. Um, yep. And so it's just, you know, we spoke about it last week, but I do feel like, you know, you've got your acceptable errors from the refs and touchies where mm. you go, you know what, we all make mistakes. It's no dramas. And I do think that there are certain things that fall below that where it's like, it's just unacceptable, unfortunately. And this was one of them. I actually, when it happened, I thought the ref was quite a way behind the actual Warriors players as in, sorry, the Broncos players. So he didn't have that good of a view of it. But I, when I rewatched it, I know he wasn't on the best angle, mm. but geez, his angle wasn't that bad. And also like, what are the touchies? Like, I just, yeah. if you, if well, you go, well, sorry. Yeah. The, the the near side touchy, he mate, he was fifteen meters behind Reese Walsh. So now now I know Reese is fast, but I don't know. I thought that just had to be on the play a bit a bit well, more this, than that. This idea that like oh Reese Walsh is really fast. Like, hang on a sec. He's fast. Is he five seconds over ten meters faster than Billy Slater? <laughs> like, come on. You know, we're talking about yeah. if if touchies have been able to keep up with Billy Slater and put themselves in good positions mm. when Billy was playing. Let's. He's not inhuman. He's not an alien. Um, no, that's right. So yeah, this. I just. I just struggle to understand. First of all, why the touches were so far back when aren't they supposed to be the ones setting the line for the Warriors? Yep. Um, yeah. So obviously that's a positional thing, right? For uh, the touchy to look at that after, and I'm sure they would have. They review their own performances, like like players and coaches do. But um, that the, the one the way you describe that can be. That's the one we don't want to see. Like, yeah. That's the howler. Mm. Yep. Yeah, because like you could it's make a really, really bad one. Oh, for sure. Because like there's people that say, well, there's actually two forward passes because Ricky made a forward pass, you know, later on in that same play. But they're the ones where you go, you know what? They're like they're on the line. Maybe they are technically forward, but we're okay with that because he's a human. It's it's human error. It's the ones where it's because if you watch the replay, you can actually see Adam Pompey who's directly behind Reese Walsh. So he has the worst angle of everyone, and he puts his hands up, and yeah. so you go. Yeah, well, Reese Reese knew. Oh, he knew straight away. He passed it and he 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 he, he stopped and half turned and thought, "Oh, it's going to get. I'm going to hear a whistle here. We're going to bring it back." But yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. I, you know, like I said earlier, I, I just think that in, in that moment, because they were both teams were working so hard to gain some sort of ascendancy of that match, and when that when that try was awarded, Adam Reynolds kicks the goal and they go ahead by 18. Mm. I think that just broke the spirit of a few of the, particularly the younger Warrior pl Warriors players, where they just thought, oh, look, uh, yeah, we got to call it. It's, it's a rough call. That should have been a forward pass. Um, how, are we going to be able to make up this 18 points now? Probably not. And that that was the end of them. And mm. we've seen, you know, the, the Broncos kick on from there. But, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, we, we can't allow those ones in the game, surely. Like, oh. imagine imagine something like that happening this week. Deciding a match. Seriously, seriously. Just, you can't have it. Um, we can't have it. Now, with the four pass on the weekend, 
do you believe that we need to bring in technology, let the bunker rule? What What is your – should we react at all to it or should we just put it down as a howler? Well, I, well, I, I think we, I think we need to because I, I just don't think we can afford to have those bad ones in our game. Like the the, the forward pass thing has has been a discussion for a long, long time. Can be like going back to even when I was still playing, and um, you know, trying to figure out how we can, you know, take forward pass out of the game. There's always going to be some slight forward passes that are really, you know, sort of line balls and fifty-fifty. That, that it's, it's really hard to tell by the naked eye, but. Surely, surely someone knew the other night. I think if we're going to bring in some sort of technology or, or let's just say the ability to review forward passes, like let's, let's look at them particularly on try scoring situations at the very least, mm. just to start with. Mm. Like, so if that, if that try is scored, surely as you know, Jordan Ricky is scoring that try and the Broncos are in the middle of their celebration, the bunker already does this already. Like they're already in the ear of the referee to say, mate, I think there might have been some sort of indiscretion in that play. Let's go back and look at something. Surely the bunker's viewing that forward pass to say, mate, there was a, there was a blatant forward pass back there. Let's go back and review. Yeah, I'd, I'd go as my... Because I don't want the game to slow down even more than it does. And the uh, concern I have with Bunker coming in and reviewing everything is is that it's already super slow. Could you imagine if, you know, they're going back and forth, back and forth, mm-hmm. the four pass? But I do think that... And this is very grey, and I know league fans usually don't like this kind of grey area. But I do think the Bunker should... And they don't even need to tell the public. Don't even tell us. Don't even tell us. But almost have an emergency red button where it's like... When something is so obviously <laughs> yeah. wrong, yeah. they can just whisper into the the refs here, or that was forward, and we just go back. I, I, yep. I, and don't even tell us the bunkers told him or whatever. It can just get called back and we just move on because I, I, I just think that when everyone knows it's wrong, let's just let's be smart here. Let's let's common sense it. And to be clear, that it actually has happened before. I think even this year, where a certain you know whether it's a forward pass has happened. The bunker's gone back and looked at it and found another reason to not give it. Mm. So there is precedent for looking for ways to make sure the right call is made. Yeah, yeah. Well, in those in those um, scoring situations, when it, when a try is reviewed and they look at the entire play for, for something, right? When the referee asks for something, the bunker doesn't just look at that one area. Like he'll look at the entire play. Um, he or she, whoever's in the bunker, like they they look at everything from the play of the ball to the point where the ball is put down or attempted to be scored by the player and if there's something um, that happens that's illegal at any stage throughout that that process and in that tackle they they pull it up everything bar forward passes which are not reviewed right now Mm. yeah it's um i i don't want the game to slow down anymore but at the same time i don't want big games decided by you know really really tough calls like that we've got some uh text here smithy Got some text here. Yes. Um, I've got thousands of texts. Wow. They're flying in on the... <laughs> it's the on, last one, mate. See? Yeah, it's, okay, I Everyone like that. Everyone knows it's the last show. They want a, they want a piece. Okay, we've got some uh, texts here. Uh, boys, Wally, old dog here. The forward pass situation is quite easy to solve with the video. Whilst camera, camera angles can be deceptive, I think camera angles, but he may be making a joke, it's easy to see that if the player takes the ball in front of the pass... Um, in front of the pass, a uh, simple line across the screen will highlight this is just a matter even for for Simon Law, which already exists about the ball in the off, offside position. The bunker should rule on that. Um, I think the problem is is that the laws of physics, and I don't know if you came here for a bit of a 
a lesson in science. Um, sometimes a ball can come come out of come back out of the hands, but due to momentum, can float forward. Yeah. So that line theory is a bit hard to uh, do, yep. adjudicate and, on. And you can um, that that happens a lot when you know you've got someone running at speed, Kempy. Mm. Um, like so, <clears throat> the ball can be released out backwards in a backwards motion out mm. of the hands, but then you know the the momentum of the the guy passing the ball it actually travels continues to travel forward slightly um there's there's other times where halves or dummy halves you know run to the defensive line and go to play you know a short ball and get hit as they're passing and that that sort of gives that that illusion that the ball's gone forward as well uh, the the other night like that one the other night it's it's clearly forward out of the hands yeah i think that's they're the ones that we need to really yeah jump on top of them and get them out of the game. Now, text before we head to the break. Went last year, and I'm an Eels fan. Definitely worth going, even if you lose. Enjoy the day and soak it all in. Hashtag, nose job if the Broncos ambush. (laughs) 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 We'll see you on the other side.